podcast listener, even if you are alone in your entrepreneurial journey, know that today, right now in your earbuds, you are joined by thousands of entrepreneurs from all around the globe seeking to grow better, more profitable, location-independent businesses. If you'd like to learn more about what we do and download our entire back catalog, check out tropicalmba.com. Take today's show as a bit of an eavesdrop on a conversation that Ian and I sometimes have revolving around this conversation of things they didn't tell you about entrepreneurship. So take it in that spirit. You know, sometimes I think these episodes are just, oh man, well, so useful. And sometimes I think, ah, those are just two guys chewing the fat in a workshop in Austin, Texas. So take it in that spirit. There are just some things that people don't tell you about entrepreneurship. Whether it's the online guru or entrepreneur who glorifies everything, or the naysayers or superior uncle who lectures you about the dangers of doing your own thing, it doesn't mean that there isn't some truth in both camps. Like, for example, maybe having a business will give you the freedom you're seeking, but you still need a serious plan in place to get the stable financial bedrocks that often come with a job, or that some people become entrepreneurs because they're dirtbags. Yeah, we're going to talk about pathologies today. Sometimes it means we can't hold down a job or that running a business requires, above all, a lot of tedious things like planning and endurance rather than chasing fun, exciting things. So that's what we're going to get into today. As always, we'd love to hear your thoughts. What didn't they tell you about entrepreneurship? But first, I just had to get Boss Man's take on something that has been bugging me for a while. Boss man, we got an epidemic, a whole generation of entrepreneurs job shaming. What does that even mean? Job shaming means that you come in too hot to entrepreneurship and you all of a sudden think that any kind of job is crap and that people that have jobs aren't as cool as people that don't have jobs. I've been on the other side of this fence now for a decade. That ain't true. Okay. We're going to talk about that today, plus five other things that entrepreneurs aren't telling you. I wanted to bring up the job th- shaming thing at the top just because I got an email from a listener the other day. We had talked years and years ago. He had taken a stab at running a business and was sort of ashamed that he had to go back and get a job. I wrote to him and I said, a job is just a client. If that client is going to pay you well, teach you interesting things, give you a good situation, like Part of the reason I'm an entrepreneur is because my job wasn't doing those things for me. I didn't have spare time to do stuff. I wasn't making money that was interesting to me. I wasn't doing the kind of work I wanted to do. So this whole idea that you know owning a business is good and having jobs is bad, I just think it's too simple. It's too simple and it's not part of the formula on this show, certainly, which is go get a job, go get an apprenticeship, go work for someone that's doing something that you think you might want to do in the future. So It's absolutely part of the equation. I don't think that there's any shame in having a job after you've been in entrepreneurship. In fact, I've met many older people who actually go back to having a job because in a lot of ways, it's easier. It's less stressful. One hunch. And I'll say this, two related concepts we talk about all the time on the show, get a job to learn, not to earn. Mm -hmm. The other thing is exit velocity. A lot of times I'm watching entrepreneurs struggle with a business that is mediocre and subpar. And I'm just like, man, you got to go get a job. Like you don't know what you're doing. You got to go 
build more connections, get more industry experience, understand how businesses work before you try to run one yourself, you know? We'll put those in the show notes. We got a lot of talk on this show about both exit velocity and apprenticeships and uh, how to make your job work for you. Plus, we do this professionally now at dynamitejobs.co. Help people find jobs. We got to be pro-job. Today, we are talking about five things entrepreneurs won't tell you, but of course, we're going to tell you them today. Secrets out. We were going to call this the dark side of entrepreneurship, but you didn't like that title. No, I don't think this is dark at all. I, th- I just think these are things That's because that- you're real dark, man. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing that entrepreneurs won't tell you, particularly ones you know peddling advice on the web, is that there are no shortcuts. Yet, when you Google around for them, you can find quite a bit. Can I use this as an opportunity to tell you a little bit about the road trip I just completed? That's why we're here. I'm still tired. <laughs> so I drove across the country. Or like the umpteenth time. Every time I get done driving across the country, I'm always like, I won't do that again. And then I go do it again. So I haven't learned. <laughs> I heard this really funny statement about trucking. You know how you make money in the trucking business? How's that? You keep the left door closed. Mm. You get in that truck, close that door, and you do your work. You don't get distracted. You don't go hang out at the truck stop. You don't stop at the Denny's. Yeah, because you only make money once you accomplish your mileage goals. Like once you get to your end goal. Being on this road trip made me think about that a little bit because, you know, you go to Google Maps and you say, all right, I'm in Blacksburg, I'm going to Nashville. You type in the thing and it pumps you out the mileage. And that's what it is. So you cannot make the trip go faster by going a few miles an hour faster or finding a different road or whatever. Like that's not going to make the difference. What makes the difference is when you pull over and open that left door you got to get through those 400 miles or else you're not getting to Nashville. Well, having done some racing, you know, distance racing and things like that, there's a simple reason for this. It's because the average speed is what really matters. And so it does make a difference if you're doing 10 miles an hour faster, but there's a lot of risks involved in that. You will get there somewhat faster, but if you stop and you hang out for two hours, that brings your average way down to zero. And what's going to affect your average more? 10% more or zero. Why are you eating Kit Kats at the gas station, you know? Right. I'm tempted to use this as a metaphor for a way of looking at entrepreneurship, which is what matters so much less than the hack, the strategy, the tip, the trendy business idea. What matters so much more is not stopping, keeping the left door closed, staying engaged on a regular, daily, monthly, yearly basis. Those are the people that survive and win in entrepreneurship. To take this metaphor a little bit further, by the way, just back up here, does everybody know your secret life goal or what would I say was your life goal when you were a child to become a trucker? Have you shared that on the show? It extended a little bit beyond childhood. I'll say that. Okay. I remember at one point when I was in import logistics at this company called K2LP in San Diego, I found myself at at a very low point on Schneider's website looking at the uh, CDL requirements and stuff. (laughs) Because, you know, truckers are this whole subculture of independent entrepreneurial people. And they drive these beautiful machines and they make the whole country work. And there's something cool about that. Your uncle was a trucker. You might be a trucker. I don't think there's anything (laughs) wrong with that. You're right. They do live these alternative lifestyles. I think that 
could equate to some type of entrepreneurship. So I can see why you would be attracted to that. But getting back and maybe one day you'll get your CDL to this analogy that you've proposed, which is essentially keeping the left door closed, keeping focused on your business, you know, not taking a bunch of pee breaks or kick out breaks. Yeah. You essentially have to have your truck stocked up to be able to do that. You got to have a ton of diesel in it. Yep. You got to have a ton of food in it. You got to have living quarters and you got to have what I call runway. You got to have some kind of way to keep yourself in that truck as long as possible. And in entrepreneurship, that runway is your cash. You have to figure out a way to stock away enough cash or to have enough resources to be able to stay in the game or in this analogy, stay on the road as long as possible. And that's difficult. And that's something I think you have to plan for. It's like going out into the wilderness for two weeks. You just don't show up with your blankie. And one more thing, you know, that this metaphor might help folks to visualize is, you know, when you type in, you know, that Blacksburg to Nashville and Google Maps like shows you that data of like, this is reality. Like that's how many miles it is. Like you're not negotiating with that reality. In entrepreneurship, we can because there is no Google Maps for how these businesses get momentum, how they get created customers and profits. That doesn't mean that there isn't a reality there. And that reality is a long, hard road. And just because there ain't no entrepreneurship maps on your phone doesn't mean that it ain't real. There is no roadmap, like you said. And that's further reason, right, to not go 95 miles an hour out of the gate because you might run out of fuel because you don't know where your destination is. To not eat all your food on the first day. (laughs) (laughs) Number two thing that entrepreneurs won't tell you is that you don't need a good idea. One we've talked about a lot on the show in the past is this idea of It's not a bad litmus test for your abilities as an entrepreneur. If you think you need an idea, you don't. You know, what you need is expertise. You need experience. You need a network. You need a competitive edge, all those things. Because if you've got those things, you probably got more ideas than you can. I mean, me and you were talking about a sexy business idea the other day. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, I can't, this is be dumb. I'm so tired <laughs> well, just, thinking about new business just, ideas. Yeah, it's the last thing I need is another business, yeah. you know? And so there is this divide between people that are just getting started out. They think it's really about the ideas. And I think once you get across the Rubicon, you think, man, these ideas are really a dime a dozen. Well, there's certainly people that have more resources that you and I do. But at this point, you know, being an entrepreneur for over 10 years now, like we have a little bit of cash. We have a little bit of platform. Platforms, what I call like people working with you, skill sets, opportunities. Business ideas are the enemy in my mind. A lot of times it's shiny object syndrome. A lot of times you're like, oh yeah, I could go do this and this person's making $5 million. And how are you uniquely positioned to take advantage of that situation? I think that's the most important question that you have to ask yourself. And can you get up and running within one to two years and be making that $5 million? Or is it going to take you 10? Because if it's going to take you 10, that's just like normal. Yeah. That's normal. This idea of business ideas is like one of the most toxic. Like, Dan, you know, when we were in the product business, like all of my best ideas were our worst business ideas. Like they all failed. Like (laughs) everything that worked was tweaking an existing product, making it better, finding efficiencies in systems, all the boring stuff. Like it was never the cool new product that worked out. Here's just a heuristic to have in your mind. What if every crazy business idea you had would cost you $200,000 to get off the ground? Because when I go back and look at a lot of the stuff we've done, I was, oh, we did it for free. We had some, it's like, no, actually tally out what you 
spent on that over the years, it's often an enormous amount of money. I can think of so many examples of people just like tossing out. I'm sure the listeners can too, like these insanely expensive ideas if you're being like real about them, but they don't bother to look at it this way and they just dump it into the team as if it's something that should be done. Well, a lot of times in the beginning, I don't think that you can look at all the numbers. I think that that's an important part of this conversation, which is like when you're getting a new product off the ground or when you're getting a new idea off the ground, like, yeah, if you actually looked at like all the numbers, like most people would never start because it is a bit ridiculous how much time and money and energy you have to put into these things. A lot of times you have to take a leap of faith, right? And you have to say like, oh man, this is going to be really time and and costly and expensive and all this stuff, but like, I'm going to go for it because there's a real opportunity. So I think a lot of times in entrepreneurship, we don't try and tally it up all in the beginning because if you did, you'd never get started. You got to catch a break. You got to catch a break. And whether that's like resource network, something like that, you know, you got to get something for free or discount or else it's never going to, the numbers are never going to work out. A lot of times I think people lean on this new business idea because they don't have an existing network or skill set. If you have an existing network or skill set, a lot of times you'll just do what's obvious. You'll do what people are telling you they need. It will come from someone else. It won't come from within. That will be the opportunity. And a lot of times you'll be a lot more supported in that endeavor because if you're working for someone, developing something that they need in their business, you don't have to start from scratch. They have all the knowledge. They have all the information that you need to like build a business and a good product. You just have to listen to what they want. So a lot of these opportunities, I think, are like really close to you. If you're not hearing about ideas, if you're not hearing about opportunities, I think that's another problem, which is you're not in the right network. You're not in the right circles of influence. So if you're finding yourself sitting around at your desk trying to figure out like what's my business idea going to be, and it's not from other people telling you what they need... You need to find yourself in a position where other people are telling you how to solve their problems. I was watching this video on YouTube with a bunch of truckers the other day. This guy had this like piece of wisdom and he said, you find me four millionaires hanging out with one broke person, I can find you one person that's about to be rich. And if you find me one millionaire that's hanging out with four broke people, I can find you someone that's about to be broke. (laughs) Makes me think of that network thing and Where are our biggest networks, Ian? They are professional. And so if you're around a bunch of people that are salary people, you know, I'll find you somebody that's about to be a salary person. It's just that simple. See, truckers, they know all this stuff. Well, truckers, (laughs) truckers, they have, as you just found out, truckers have a long time to be thinking about things. Long time. I'm just bursting with weird ideas, man. This week's show is sponsored by, wait for it, the Dynamite Circle, or the DC. Yes, often mentioned on the show, but rarely explained. So give me a minute to walk through some of the highlights. The DC has been around for over eight years and is a private community for established entrepreneurs. There is an application process. It's not super intimidating, but we want to get entrepreneurs in there that are the right fit. And that's not because we're elitists. Or swanky. It's just to make sure that every member has skin in the game because first and foremost, the DC is a community of peers. So unfortunately, it's not for beginners, but that's why we built Dynamite Jobs. Head on over there if you're just getting started out. And if we feel your business wouldn't get a lot of value out of being a part of the DC, we'll let you know up front. So here's the thing. We just opened up our ticket sales for DCBKK, our longstanding and I got to say pretty awesome event at a five-star hotel in Bangkok, Thailand. 
So if you were thinking about joining the DC and want an excuse to hang out in Bangkok with over 300 amazing entrepreneurs, head on over to the application form at tropicalmba.com slash DC to learn more because this will quite literally be a red carpet entry into the community. So what else is in it for you? We can place you in carefully matched online masterminds. You'll have access to free bespoke recruitment services via Dynamite Jobs, and you can seek and share advice in our private business forum. You'll also be able to buy tickets for our amazing aforementioned in-person events like DCBKK and in cities all around the world. But most of all, you'll be a part of people who really get the challenges that you're facing on a day-to-day basis. At our parties, you won't be facing very many confused looks about what it is you've decided to do with your life. So stop growing your business alone. If you're curious about the DC and about the types of people we're dedicated to pulling together, head on over to tropicalmba.com slash DC. Number three, Ian, speaking of numbers, is that as an entrepreneur, the amount of money you make over your career might not even equal what you would have made with a good salary and a 401k. How about that for a, lot of a down shocking years. revelation? A lot of down years. I can tell you about that. Most people's career that I've seen, it's like a bunch of hills, right? It's like up, down, down, down. Maybe there's like two or three years with no income, starting a new business, and then maybe it goes up, and then maybe you sell it, or maybe it never works out. All this averages out a lot of times, depending on how successful you are, to a salary. And a lot of times you don't even have the benefits of a salary. You don't have a 401k. Because as an entrepreneur, you're not really forced to save unless you're super disciplined. Yeah, you were talking earlier, like when you step out into the world of entrepreneurship, it's all of a sudden you're making all these new decisions about what kind of healthcare plan are you going to get? And like, it's just what you can do with your days. And, and one of these things is minding your own business. Your job is set up to mind your business for you before they even pay you. They essentially pay the taxes for you. And they also, you know, help you out with retirement, help you out with healthcare and all this stuff. Now, all of a sudden, you have to make all those decisions in the context of the investment at the center of your life. So, you know, like you're taking personal salary and putting that back into the business or you're giving it to your employees. And so all of a sudden, the 401k might be a little bit lower of a priority for you because you're trying to swing a home run here and you might never hit the home run. And then all of a sudden, you never made as much as you would have if you just would have hung on to the old job. Totally. I think it depends on your priorities, right, Dan? I mean, if your objective is to make, let's say, $150,000 a year for like 30 years, you might be in a better position to do that with a job. If I'm just thinking about like career as a strategically, my sense is like the 30-year arc would be harder to do nowadays in a career that you got to think a little bit shorter term. It's interesting now that you mentioned that. I mean, I see older people around me making much less than they used to when they were younger. I think a lot of that has to do with ageism. There's a lot of that. I'm definitely seeing like you kind of got this career torque band. It's sort of in your you know, late 20s to sort of mid 40s. And then I'm seeing a lot of people run into walls in their 50s, especially. Yeah, I'd say this is very contextualized. You know, Take this with a grain of salt. But I do think that you should question the idea that like getting into entrepreneurship because you want to be rich or because you want to have sustainable long-term wealth is a bad idea. Like you actually have to work really hard at it. 
I don't agree with that. I mean, I think entrepreneurship is the easiest way to build sustainable wealth, essentially. Entrepreneurship, we harp on about all the time. It's a skill set, right? Just because you're good at SEO doesn't mean you're good at entrepreneurship, right? You have to learn systems. You have to learn business. You have to learn management, all that stuff. Now, financial intelligence, that's a whole other skill set aside from entrepreneurship. Having a savings plan, managing your budget, making sure that your personal bottom line exists and is healthy, that's different from entrepreneurship. That's a totally different skill set. These are different skill sets. And if you don't bother to build both of them and you're not outsourcing it to your career anymore, you might wake up 15, 20 years into an entrepreneurship career thinking, damn, I was doing entrepreneurship the whole time. I didn't even do any of this financial intelligence stuff. I think the point I'm trying to make here, and I'm interested to hear your opinion about it, is that I know many nurses that make $100,000 plus a year that work four days a week. And when they leave their job, they don't think about their job at all. And that's a pretty sustainable trajectory, I'd say. Like the healthcare industry is one that's been around. Working 412. Yeah, one that's been around for a long time. And that kind of pay has been around, I think, and been demonstrated in that area of expertise. So long term, if you want to work somewhere for 30 years and you want to make $100,000 a year sustainably without having to think about it, like if that's your primary objective. Could you do that? I could definitely not do that. Why not? Because I can't do the same thing in and out. I need to have control of my life. Like all the reasons why I want to be an entrepreneur. So I'd say money is not at the top of my list. But for a lot of people, it is. Like money is the reason why they get into entrepreneurship. If my primary objective was to make sustainable income, I think without a bunch of stress and without you know the things that entrepreneurs have to go through, I think it could be a better idea to get a job. Because there are ways to have pretty good jobs if you're marginally intelligent, I think, that are sustainable. So for me, it wouldn't work out. Money's not at the top of my list, believe it or not. All right, number four, you can't do it alone. Here we are. If I had a nickel for every person I see struggling with their business that take the time to go out and network at events like Dynamite Circle events and they take the time to get into, involved in the entrepreneurship community. And then when some bad stuff happens, they don't reach out to people. What's the whole point of building relationships if they don't come through in the clutch? You're not talking about using people, though. You're not talking about no overextending relationships, anything like that. You're just talking about having a network, having a group of people you can rely on to tell you the truth. Like not your uncle, for example, like your uncle isn't going to help you with your business unless your uncle has some kind of tangential business that's related and relevant experience and stuff like that. Like he might give you a shoulder to cry on. I get frustrated by seeing like, hey, like what's the whole point of doing all this networking if you're not meeting people that you can rely on for real honesty, like real friendship, like real business intimacy, like here's what my number is. Here's the problem. Like. I need some help trying to build a coalition around what it is you're doing. I just, I don't think you can wall yourself off and get this stuff done alone. When I talk about you cannot do this alone, I'm not talking about hire VAs. I'm not talking about get somebody to do your process in your business. I'm talking about having business friends that you have a coalition with, that you're growing together, you're going in the same direction, and you're committed to helping each other build a career. Friends, I think, are really important. Another aspect to this 
is other businesses. So I've never owned or run or been in a business that doesn't interact with multiple other businesses on a daily basis. And that might just be as simple as like Stripe, you know, Shopify, whatever, right? Most businesses contract out to do things in their business these days. Like you're just not a one-man shop. There's just too many other different components to online businesses that you need other people. When I think about like, you can't do this alone, I think like you're actually going to have to work with other people to make sure that your business grows to the point that it's meaningful in your life. And that's going to mean picking up the phone. That's going to mean talking to other people. Like you said, that's going to mean networking. I think internet businesses is like this promise that you can wall yourself off and like no one's going to bug you and all that kind of stuff. Maybe the trucker dream. That's why a lot of people get into trucking is because you get to sit in that truck and you run your own life. Well, that is not true. (laughs) That is not true of entrepreneurship. If it is true in your case, then you're limiting yourself from all these amazing opportunities that I guarantee are just right outside the door. So, you know, something that frustrates me is seeing people trying to be tough and do it all by themselves. But that's not how our careers have worked out. It's always been about working with people, growing with people, and that's what gets it done. Well, I'll tell you, Dan, in my experience, sometimes the reason why people work by themselves and they don't work with other people or they don't work with other businesses is because they don't want other people calling them out on their bullshit. Ooh, let's get on to our fifth point, boss, man. Nice foreshadowing. The fifth thing that entrepreneurs won't share with you, that so many of us are pathological dirtbags. Wow. Yeah. Me and you included or what? (laughs) Oh, definitely me and you. Yeah. That's why I pluralized it. Me and you, dirtbags. There's this, like a famous t-shirt in the entrepreneurial world, and it says unemployable across it. Now, on the one hand, I get it. It's funny. But think about what that means. You can't hold down a job. You can't work on a team with people. You're such a visionary individual that you can't exist on a team. That's not a compliment. And it's not a trait commonly associated with successful organizations. And so sure, maybe you, you know, you're this radical genius and you have great visions and people put up with your crap, whatever. That ain't working out for most people. You know? So this whole idea that you're unemployable and the reality is so many people do get in the entrepreneurship game because of reasons like this. Well, we said on the show many times, like, especially it's true in our business, like the best employees turn out to be the best entrepreneurs. Like if you're really good at what you do, if you're really good at your job, like does I think there's a better chance that you're going to become a great entrepreneur than if you're bad at your job. It's always my first litmus test. You ask people like how their current job or how their current career is going. And if the, if the first thing out of their mouth is, oh man, it's this, it's that. It's like, yeah, well, good luck when you like start on your own. The people that are going to crush are the people that are crushing their jobs, right? Because you can be successful. And in a context, you can not blame others, you can take responsibility and go get it done. Like that's what it takes to grow a successful business. There's some people that have really questionable morals and on any given day, I might align with that. Oh yeah. But there's a different kind of dirtbag, which is like a sociopath. There's a different kind of dirtbag, like someone that isn't well-adjusted. I mean, there's a bunch of different definitions to dirtbag, right? And there's a bunch of different reasons why people get into entrepreneurship and trucking. And some of those reasons are because they can be isolated from general pop. And when I say general pop, I mean general population. (laughs) They do not have to interact with people on a daily basis. They can be up to their weird stuff, whatever that might be. Drugs. Yep. Sex. All of it. They can continue to make a living, especially (laughs) on the internet. 
we've had the pleasure of running into these people in ourselves many times. And I think it's okay. That's what you want to do. But like I said in the previous point, at some point, you're going to have to work with the entrepreneurs, other entrepreneurs to grow your business. And the reason why this I think is an important point is because you will come in contact with these people, even if you aren't one of these people, because you will employ them, you will work with them, you will have some kind of interaction with them. And I'll tell you, running a membership site, the Dynamite Circle, we have bumped into these people. Of course, we get emails like, hey, I work with this person. Can't believe they ripped me off. But it brings to light the point that these people exist. They are running businesses. You are rubbing elbows with them. I'll offer to you and the audience something worth thinking about. On this podcast, you know we have this abundant mindset, positive mindset. You look at successful businesses and entrepreneurs, and you always ask yourself, man, what's their edge? Like, What is so great about that person that they were able to achieve the success they did? Now, get rid of that for a second. Get rid of your abundant mindset and put on, I would say this is more of an Ian mindset. This is more of a, let's take a critical eye and say, you can instead ask yourself, what's effed up about this person that is driving them to behave in the way that they are? You start to get a lot of interesting insights from it. One of the things you'll notice when you meet a lot of, say, people that are famous online, a lot of them are really unhappy. Totally. Right? This is an insight that you've given me. A lot of them are pathologically driven to get attention for anything that they're doing themselves, their work, whatever. And that same pathology drives them both to be miserable because they're not, never going to get enough attention. And they're always going to be comparing themselves to other people's attention and all that good stuff. But on the other hand, it drives them to create this wonderful blog or podcast or whatever. This is true of, you know, in all walks of life, but especially true in entrepreneurship where people, they have to work so hard, they have to be driven so hard. It could be a chip on their shoulder from something that happened in their childhood. I mean, there's just so many effed up things that drive people to like live on the fringe of society and to get out of gen pop that I think it's worth looking for. And you'll find these people even in the most of unsuspecting places like some of the people that you imagine online who have the most friendly presence and they seem so generous and there's so many interesting things. You meet that person in person, you start to dig a little deeper and you say, oh man, there's some like effed up stuff driving this person. That's why they say don't meet your heroes. <laughs> you know, I've met one of my sports heroes before and you can understand pretty quickly sometimes when you meet these people, why they were able to achieve the amazing things that they were able to achieve because it takes that type of dedication to get the things done that they were able to do. And when you meet somebody that has a really successful business, was really successful in some other way in their life, and they do have that work-family balance, or they do have a bunch of friends, that's special. Because most of these people at the top that you read about that you see, in my experience, Dan, they're not very well-balanced people. Speaking of which, you're trying to convince me to buy an RV, to double down on this driving around the country solo horrible habit that I've developed. Why are you trying to do this to me, man? This is one of my most proud moments. DC Austin this year, about 150 entrepreneurs came into town. We threw an event. Great time. I think three of them drove in in RVs. And like to me, like only 147 to go, man. Only 147 to go. <laughs> All right. So the five things entrepreneurs won't tell you about, there's no shortcuts you don't need a good idea, that you might not ultimately make that much money, that you can't do it alone, and that, of course, 
all of us are pathological dirtbags. I'd say some. <laughs> Not all, but yeah, some. All right, boss man. So we got to go. Uh, go to the, go to the bank. We got to go to the bank <laughs> to do a, business just stuff. Just another Thursday. Just another Thursday. All right. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back next Thursday, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Hey, thanks for listening to the Tropical MBA podcast. You can go to tropicalmba.com, get access to hundreds of back episodes and all kinds of other goodies. Load up your iPod. That is the cheapest way to fly business class on your next international flight. We will see you next Thursday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time.